This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Outbound Squad, hosted by Jason Bay and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Host Jason Bay dives in with leading sales experts and top performing reps to share actionable tips and strategies to help you land more meetings with your ideal clients. In a recent episode called Quick Hacks to Personalize Your Outreach, he speaks with Ethan Parker about how to personalize your outreach in a more repeatable way, something every single one of us has to do it. Listen to Outbound Squad wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Dan Martell. He's an entrepreneur, angel investor, and became a highly sought-after coach in the SaaS industry, founded SaaS Academy after exiting three technology companies with a tenure, within a 10-year period. He's also an Ironman athlete, philanthropist, husband, and father of two incredible boys. I've never met them, so I'm going to have to take his word for that one. But uh, he's also the author of a new book out to buy back your time, get unstuck, reclaim your freedom, and build your empire. So, Dan, welcome to the show. John, it's an honor. And, and it is because you were one of the first marketing podcasts I ever listened to back when I was starting online stuff. So it's cool to be a guest. I'm just hanging around. I, you've been on before though. Weren't you, weren't you on? I, I think I was one other or clarity or something. Yeah. But yeah. even before that, I was, I was a listener. So it's, yeah. it's always cool to, to see and get reconnected. So buy back your time. I had a little trouble with, not trouble with, but, you know, kind of processing the title name and, you know, everybody talks about time is money and, and yet some people can say you're suggesting money is time. Am I getting that I'm, wrong? Yeah. I'm saying I actually, in the book, I, there's three levels of trading. I call, I call it being a, a great trader. When we start off, we trade time for money. That's for most people that's employees, right? Like yeah, you yeah, yeah. create value. Then, then as an entrepreneur, so there's employee, then entrepreneurs level two, level two is, trade money for time, right? It's, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, you buy a Roomba to clean your house while you go to the office and pack stuff up. That's, that's trading <laughs> money for time or employees or even contractors or your accountant or whatever. And then the third level trader is money for money. And that's, that's the empire builder, right? And I think if people understood that that's the trajectory in life to create one of unlimited, and that's why I say buy the build your empire in my world, building an empire is a life of unlimited creation that you never have to retire from. And I just think everybody should strive and maybe consider doing that. I'm not going to argue with you on that one, but I did, <laughs> did want to throw in here. There's a lot of books. There's probably a section in back when we had bookstores, remember those? There's probably a whole section on time management books, some of which I suggest you probably drew from. I mean, just because 100%. people have been writing about this for a hundred years, right? So why did you decide to tackle time? Because it's the core of everything I've ever done. You know, people see my life and they're like, you know, how do you run two eight figure companies as a CEO, train for Ironman, you know, be a relatively good husband. I think I'm a great father. I'm still working on the husband stuff, but my wife <laughs> gives me good scores and stuff. But, you know, I, I live a pretty integrated life. You know, I just got back from a heli trip we were just talking about. And, you know, last year we took about two and a half months off, traveled Europe and stuff. Like people always ask me, how do you do this? And it's based on this core premise called the buyback principle, right? And this is what's unique about my book then, you know, all the greats, right? And, and I've read them all. You know, you mentioned like, you know, 
getting things done and right. you know eat the frog and like there's all these like epic productivity yeah. books but the buyback principle states is we don't hire people to grow our business we hire people to buy back our time because you can get the first if you do the second but you can definitely not get the second if you get the first because i've just been friends with so many creatives business owners etc that essentially build a business that they grow to hate and the biggest risk to a business is not the market it's not the economy it's not you know, your team, it's literally you deciding, I don't want to do this anymore and just stop doing it. Right. And I address that in the book with this framework called the pain line and the buyback loop. And, you know, so in my, in my world of productivity, we always start with the calendar and we always figure out what our buyback rate is. And if we understand what are things that light us up, that make us money and what are things that take our energy, that, that drain us, that, that could cost very little pay somebody else. And, and, and you have some structure around how you sequencing hiring and buying your time back. It's honestly math. It's a mathematical equation. You can't mess it up. Like you won't be able to grow your business where you make less money without adding, like you literally will buy back time and live a higher quality life. Cause you know, you can't build a million dollar company off $10 tasks, but yet people every day, it doesn't matter if they're, I have clients that are running hundred million dollar companies and still do the most ridiculous things with their time. And, you know, nobody's ever challenged them on it. Yeah, I think it's amazing. You know, it's it's pretty simple math, right? If I want to have a million dollar company, I have to do X a month, which means I have to do X a day, you know, right? Every but, hour but, has to produce X. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so how much, and maybe you don't even bother trying to argue with people that are in this mindset, but how much mind trash, you know, is built up with people of saying, oh, but, you know, my dad said I was supposed to mow my own grass. You know, I mean, how much do, do people have to overcome that kind of mentality, even if it applies to the workplace, before they can even start, you know, taking on some of these principles? That's, I mean, that's everything. It's why I wrote chapter three is called The Time Assassins, because there's these mental scripts that people run. You know, like when I started off, I was, you know, I'm supposed to be the chief office cleaner and sandwich maker. And you hear these things, right? But like, I remember one time I was reaching out to when a company I invested in this, this kid, Ethan, and I was like, Hey, we should go to the office and work on like kind of strategy. And he's like, oh, I'm doing my laundry. <laughs> All right. You just raised $1.5 million from us. And you're telling me you can't pay for wash and fold. And you just said no to an investor. Like you see where th there's, there's some logic that's, that's broken. Right. So it's everything though. It's, you know, I address this in the book as much as I can. It's around self-worth, right? I don't feel worthy of this. There's an yeah. element of that. Yeah. There's, I'm fearful of what other people, including my team would think, right? If I hired somebody to do this for me, what would my neighbor think? I mean, I've, I've coached clients on every level sure. where, you know, one woman's like, I don't want my neighbor to think that I'm so busy in my business that I can't clean my own house and have a cleaning lady parked in my driveway. Right. Or I don't want my mother-in-law to find out <laughs> that I have somebody making you know, lunches for my kids or meal prep or, or dinners or whatever it is. Like, it's just fascinating. There's, yeah. I can't afford it. Right. It's not true, but they say that to <laughs> themselves. I don't trust myself. This is a big one. What, what if I buy back my time and I don't do anything good with it? And I just wasted that hour. Right. That's another one. I've, I've heard them all. So yeah. <laughs> it is, it is actually all of that. So that's why like, I try to break it down into a first principle, like real math where you just can't deny it. Look, this yeah. is, this is the reality. If you understand your buyback rate and you do anything that you could have paid somebody else that amount or less, then you're working against yourself of trying to create a life that is actually better for you and your family.
So let's, I had it down to, to ask you about, but let's go ahead. This is a great place to throw in, you know, explain buyback rate. Yeah, it's math. So I understand John right off the bat that I'm going to lose people. So please, <laughs> everybody just stay with me. I'll make it fun. So essentially you need to understand what you can afford to pay somebody else to do based on your current income level, right? And income for me is your salary, profit, and then also discretionary expenses. Cause a lot of people don't make any money on paper cause they don't like paying taxes. Fine, but throw that in. So let's say I make a hundred thousand a year in income. That might be 70,000 in salary. I paid myself in the business. It could be 20,000 in profit and 10,000 a year in discretionary expenses that aren't really business, but you know, who cares? So that's a hundred grand. I divide that number, whatever it is for anybody by 2000, you know, in this case that works out to about $50 an hour. 2000 is because that's the amount of hours an average person that takes vacation and weekends off will work. Right. And then because you want to get a four times ROI on your investment of buying back that time, take that number and divide it by four. Right. So that works out to about $12 and 50 cents. So if you look at your calendar and you're doing anything with your time that you could have paid anybody $12.50 or less to do, then you're actually not being a very good time trader. And you're working against yourself to free up the space for you to go and reinvest that in higher value, higher leverage things. Even if it's stuff that is equally valuable, but you just don't like to do, get that stuff off your plate because just stacking things that are green will have the most the biggest impact out of everything because you're bringing a sense of energy to the next thing, the next thing that you just can't even quantify a dollar ROI, but it's an emotional ROI. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that like 1250, right? I remember when I first started, I did payroll and I did payroll reports and I filed all the reports. First off, there's a mind numbing amount of reports, but I also hated every second of it. And so I put it off. I was late. I hated it. I got rid of that. I don't even know what I paid for, but it was worth a fortune, <laughs> whatever. I didn't pay that much. That's the scary thing, you know, to get rid of it. But I, you know, you talk about the emotional costs. I think that's one that people, especially when you're doing stuff that you hate, it's, it's the opportunity lost in actually writing that book, you know, that you could have been doing, right? That only you can do. And that's yeah. why I wrote the book. Cause I, yeah. I actually sh demonstrate that your business, your customers, you will just be happier and way more productive producing when you, you kind of follow those two, you know, lights you up and makes you a lot of money. Try to just do as much of that in your calendar when you decide to work. And when you're not working, go spend it with people that you love. And yeah, that's a good equation. Yeah. Imagine how much time people waste. And if they just like work three hours a day on like the stuff, that's all they'd have to do. <laughs> the one right? thing. I mean, this is, this is what's interesting is a lot of people I think use the busy work, you know, your inbox is nothing more than a public to-do list for everybody else's <laughs> goals on your time. And these yeah. are strangers for the most part. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, there's just a lot of things that people do that from a dopamine point of view, it, it keeps them busy and it feels productive because they don't want to think, right? It's like, oh, if I just start now for two hours and work on my email, it'd be productive. It's like, not really. Nope. Yeah. The productive thing would actually be to sit back and look at what your goals are for the quarter of the year and say, does this activity actually get me closer to that or not? And I'll tell you, just processing an inbox is not going to help you double your business in the next 12 months. They're just, they're not correlated. I used to tell my kids when I was little and they'd say, what do you, dad, what do you do for a living? I said, I delete email. <laughs> Professional email deleter. <laughs> hey, marketing agency owners, you know, I can teach you the keys to doubling your business in just 90 days or your money back. Sound interesting? All you have to do is license our three-step process that's going to allow you to make your competitors irrelevant, charge a premium 
for your services and scale, perhaps without adding overhead. And here's the best part. You can license this entire system for your agency by simply participating in an upcoming agency certification intensive. Look, why create the wheel? Use a set of tools that took us over 20 years to create, and you can have them today. Check it out at dtm.world slash certification. That's dtm.world slash certification. So Archive. one of the things that you, and you're not the first to say this, but I like your approach to it is clone yourself. Everybody should have an assistant. Everybody should teach somebody else how to do the stuff they think only they can do. I know other people that have given that advice. I think you've gone a little farther and had a, actually a better system for it. But I also know a lot of people have tried that and they just, they like look at that person and go, I don't know what to tell them what to do. So, so what, what's your advice on somebody? First off, you're saying just get over it, do it. But then once then I, I give do the system. It, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, what's fun for me is nothing I wrote about, I think is, you know, I think that's just life. I'm, I'm, I'm built by my community. I've read over 1500 books. I'm, I'm a remix of everything I've ever read. What was missing for me, and this is why I wrote it. I have like very unique perspectives. So for example, with the executive administrator admin type role, there's two things that have to be true. One, you have to give them 100% of your inbox, meaning that you do not touch the emails first. They do, and they triage. And two, you do not touch your your calendar. You give them a framework for your calendar, which I call the perfect week, kind of like, a, hmm. this is what my perfect week looks like. These are the areas you put certain types of things in there and and you own that, not me. So I don't even touch my calendar. If I wanna add something like this podcast, I, I will send a message to my executive assistant or she manages it. And then she's responsible for making sure everything's there. Now, where it falls apart, because you just mentioned it, like, what do I even get them to do? My brother ran into the same thing. I have a brother, Pierre. He's like, you know, and he ran, he was running probably a, you know, multiple eight figure company when he, when he's like, Hey, I probably need an executive assistant. I'm like, yeah, but you know, he got really efficient. And after he got through this like crazy pain line period of his life, he hired project managers, he runs a home building company and he, he got to a better place, but it just, it, it started eating away of his mind share and he's got two little girls and he just yeah. noticed that he was not present. So he's like, I need somebody that monitors so that I don't have to worry about it. Right. Cause that's really what an inbox is. It's like, do I have a fire? No, I'm good. Do I have a fire? No, I'm good. Right. So I gave him, I gave him all my SOPs and stuff. It was about three, four years ago. And, you know, six weeks later, we're at a barbecue and I was like, Hey, how's the new assistant? Like, tell me all about it. I was all excited. And he's like, I don't see the big ideas. And I'm like, you didn't give them a hundred percent of your inbox. Did you? It's like, what are you talking about? I said, I, I wrote it in all bold. And he goes, well, no, I just CC them on stuff. That's the challenge. If you're triaging, you didn't buy any time back. Right. You, it, like just having somebody that you like schedule this, buy this, you know, you're like giving them orders. No, your inbox is actually their, their, their projects. So like, yeah. for example, my executive assistant, I don't have projects. She has projects. They technically happen to be mine, but I'm the talent on the project. So yeah. she owns getting them complete. I don't own getting them complete. And it's just a little shift like that, that I think is what could be missing? You know, how do I keep them busy? And then, and then, you know, then people are like, well, how often do you talk to them? I put that in the book. I literally took all the questions I've been asked. I just don't have enough time in my week to have these very detailed conversations with all my friends. I just put it in the book. Here's the daily meeting. I actually have it right after this conversation. I have it with my exec assistant. It's very structured. I give the agenda in the book. 
I, I tell the purpose, even the email system, the email GPS system, it's in the book. Here are all the folders we use and the labels and why we use them. And it, it, everybody, my wife bought, hired an executive assistant, John. Okay. She lives with me. She sees this. It wasn't until I wrote the book. She read the book. She goes, I get it now. And she got an executive assistant, changed the game for her. So yeah, I'm really excited because I think that those are the missing pieces that even was missing for me, you know, 15 years ago that has really allowed me it truly a clone. I mean, there's two people in my life, my house manager, Betty, and my executive assistant, Ann. I would sell everything before they leave my life. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, that that's where I think people struggle sometimes too, because it didn't start that way. Right. I mean, that took, a, that start took simple. time. <laughs> that took yep. time. I will, I will say that I sent you the request for this interview and I really, you know what I appreciated <clears throat> is a lot of people have executive assistants and it actually comes off as like, now their job is to make more work for me, the other person. And your, your whole process is more like, I really thought you read my email, but she was doing you a favor by jumping in because you I were teach busy that, that in the book. Day. Did you see the language <laughs> right. she used? Yes. yes. I teach that in the book because I'm Canadian, John. I, I don't want to be taken as like, you know, too good or what I like. I had a lot of fear in my mind. And that language of saying, you know, this is Ann Dan's assistant and I got to this before he did. And I thought you'd right. appreciate a speedy reply, man, that unlocks everything. And, and look, I would have replied if I had the time, but I was like, this is the thing is I get to go on and have great conversations with yourself and I'm here. And what if the next meeting, there's an email that canceled it? Well, because I have somebody supporting me, yeah. that meeting gets filled with somebody else that was on the yeah. queue and pulls forward. So like, think about just the amount of, of opportunity I pull forward into this calendar year because I get to spend, like you said, what if you only did those three hours of things only you could do yep. and none of the other stuff, but those three are like really meaningful, energy giving, green, productive stuff. Man, your life just gets really cool really fast. So I want to I want to cover one more concept before we're out of time here, and that's the replacement ladder. It's one of my favorites because I always get asked like, "So what's the sequence, Dan? Like, how who do I hire first, then second, third? And it took me a while to kind of really like battle test this strategy, but essentially, the idea is if I was starting at zero and I had to hire four or five people, what order based on the buyback rate based on the drip matrix, based on the calendar. If I, I had to sequence it, these are the these are the five I would hire in order. First one, right out of the bat, level one replacement ladder is an executive assistant. And the clear outcome, and I write about this book, is inbox and calendar. They have to own it. That's why I talk about ownership. They own those two things, not me. Then I get to move to level two if that's true. Level two is delivery, what some people call fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? Or onboarding. And the two things that that person owns is the post-sale experience and the customer experience. So they onboarding. So like, as soon as somebody takes a credit card, they process it, they onboard, they, they, they get information from them, they get them scheduled, whatever it is in your business. And any questions that person might have about their work, that person can answer, right? So that you can just do, if it's coaching, logo design, podcasting or whatever, you do that, nothing else. Level three, is marketing because a lot of people run into this like feast or famine when it comes to marketing because when they're busy they stop and when they're not they are hungry so they do a lot of it and it just keeps going like a yo-yo so even a part-time person focused every day waking up and just focusing on what i call the campaigns and the traffic like 
thinking strategically, creatively about the campaigns you should run annually. There's, there's a natural rhythm in, in business. And then also like, did somebody change the color of a button that made it so that nobody sees it in the checkout page? Like what's the traffic doing? Like I've seen this happen. So it's yeah. just part-time or full-time, somebody dedicated to generating opportunities for your business. And you, you can still be the talent, right? Like I run a big coaching business. I'm still the talent. I'm the face of the business, but I do not, you know, click buttons in Facebook ad manager, whatever the team does. Yeah. Then level four is sales, right? Hmm. And sales is all about the call, right? Which is super fun. You get an opportunity comes in your inbox, your assistant can just forward it off to Mike, who's your scale specialist, your product specialist, your strategy specialist, like whatever you want to call them. And then Mike can move that thing forward while you've been in meetings with your team or talking to another client or whatever it is. And they own the follow-up because CEOs and entrepreneurs are horrible at follow-up. So it's like, all these things are now going to be done out of 10 out of 10. And, and, and at level four, what happens, John, that I think is super exciting. This is where you actually have a business that can make money while you sleep. You know how everybody talks about that in those infomercials and those internet marketers talk about this. You have somebody now that generates leads, somebody that enrolls that client into your world, somebody onboards and takes their payment and make sure they're good to go. And you get to show up and do the work you love to do. Level five, which is the top level, this is leadership. And this is when you start thinking about company building and not just, you know, just a solopreneur and stuff. And you could stay there, honestly. If you're if you've got those four other hires in place, I mean, you could be making a couple million bucks a year and working 25 hours a week. And that's a beautiful place to get to. And then you can learn how to trade your money for money. But yeah, the level five is a fun one. And that's usually where I start working with clients. But those are the five levels of the replacement ladder and mathematically. You can't deny the cost at each level kind of goes up, but it unlocks sure. another level of revenue at the appropriate time. And there's a reason why you do sales before or after marketing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what's funny is as I listen to you list those, I, I'm thinking about all the companies that do the, in the exact opposite order. You know, it's like, I'm the leader of the company. I have to like be, you know, be that I need to be the CEO and then I'm going to go hire a salesperson so we can get more or sales. Or a CEO. Let, let, let's <laughs> yeah, go, right. let's go. Oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to hire a COO. Do you have an executive well, assistant? Okay. No. Start there. That's a ch way cheaper. <laughs> I had a friend go, I need to hire a salesperson. I go, how many sales calls do you do? Four a week? You don't need a salesperson. You need to generate more than four a week. Well, well I don't have time to do the marketing. Oh, why don't you have time to do the marketing? Because I'm still involved in fulfillment. Oh, okay. do you have an executive assistant? Yeah, kind of. Does she manage your inbox and calendar? Not really. So it's it's really, you just can't argue. It's, it, I really wanted to distill the book into first principles that were backed by some level of math to just show people like time does have an equation and the way you leverage that good or bad is going to dictate if you can move things forward. So Dan, we're invite people. I know you have a, a website for the book itself. The book's available everywhere, selling really well. Why don't you invite people? Wall Street people, Journal where, where bestseller. I don't know if you saw that, John. Number I two. I did. I did. I did. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it's and it's one of those books that will probably pick up momentum because people will tell their friends, you know, about it just because it's got some real practical, hands-on, you know, very dialed-in stuff. So, where where would you like people to connect with you or find out more about uh, the book itself? Yeah. So the website's buybackyourtime.com and you can go to any retailer in person or online to get a copy, but I do have a free workbook that I, I added in the book, or you can go get on the website. And then I'm Dan Martell, Twells and Martell on all social platforms, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn. You mention it, I'm there. And my favorite though is Instagram stories. So if people want to actually see how I apply the buyback principle 
in my work and personal life, like how I interact with Betty, our house manager and, and people to support my wife and I, that's where I do it. Cause I think it's really, really cool to just share the, the nuance of the systems. I'm a, I'm a software guy. So like I, I can nerd out on a lot of the tools in the process. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks for taking a moment to stop by the duct tape marketing podcast and hopefully we will run into you soon. One of these days out there on the road. Absolute honor. Thanks, Sean. Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the marketing strategy assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get. 